You're listening to Cockadoodle News on WUSC FM and HD1 Columbia. Cockadoodle News, and we have some special guests for you today. My name is Jenna Cantina. I'm a managing editor at the Daily Gamecock. My name is Taylor Washington. I'm the arts and culture editor for the Daily Gamecock. And y'all wrote a really cool article about vaping on campus. Yeah, so we noticed kind of the jeweling culture exploding on campus, and we thought it would be a really cool in-depth article to kind of see the health side of it but also the social side of it so yeah yeah and also um our design director Aaron Slowey pitched this jewel story like last semester but we never got a chance to do it so we figured this semester starting fresh we would have a chance to do it and we did it so what did y'all find when you started getting out in the field um so some of the first interviews we did was actually um in five points at peak hours so we talked to a lot of students that were waiting in line for bars um and we kind of went in for, into this knowing that dueling was created as this um alternative to smoking is actually what their website says when we got there we found that some people jewel and smoke cigarettes and a lot of students jewel but also a lot of students don't jewel and they have opinions as well and um, from our reporting, we've gathered that coming into school in, 20, in fall of 2018, that um, 22% of incoming students actually jewel. And something that surprised me the most about our reporting at Five Points was that a lot of students like admitted to having an addiction, which I didn't expect. Yeah, I thought they would, and some did say this, that um, they're like not addicted, they can quit any time, but a lot of them were just like, yeah, I have a problem. I'm addicted, which was definitely surprising. So, do you want to explain a little bit exactly what a jewel is? Yeah, so um, a jewel is essentially an e-cigarette, but it looks like a flash drive. Um, it's a small black rectangle. Um, you actually charge it in your computer, so it or you can like charge it in your computer, so it looks like a flash drive. Um, you've probably seen people smoking them in your class, but um, they're like e-cigarettes, but... Um, they come with pods instead of like filling them up with vape juice and right. it's nicotine salt and the nicotine level is so high in them um one pod is actually equivalent to a pack of cigarettes um so really you're getting a lot more nicotine in your system which is really scary because these people that are starting to use jewels are ages 12 to 15. Oh my gosh. so these younger people who aren't Who's, your brain doesn't develop till you're 25 is what we learned from talking to. Yeah, um, it doesn't fit, it's not finished. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, we talked to Jackie Knight Will. Will, at um, Healthy Carolina, who she talked to us a little bit about um, tobacco-free USC and all of that. And she let us know, like, yeah, your brain doesn't develop till you're 25. So having these people under that age, it's you're more susceptible to nicotine poisoning and that addiction that so many people have. Yeah, and I have a 12-year-old sister who's in middle school. She's in the sixth grade, and once we started the story, I asked her if she knew what Julian was, and she was like, yeah, people do it at school, and I was just, like, surprised. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so how do how do you not have – can you buy – I know you can buy the Jewel actual – like, the – the like, the, the starter bag? The, like, the – um, not the pack, but, like, just the actual device yeah. online. So can you also buy, like, the, the nicotine pack online, too? Um, so they recently changed it, some of their first um, FDA regulations, where um, 
So they used to have all these different flavors. You can buy them at convenience stores, vape shops, online. Mm-hmm. Um, popular flavors like mango, cucumber, mint. Cream. Cream, yeah, all sorts of flavors. Um, but <laughs> that n- then because the FDA got involved, those flavors are n- pulled from convenience stores, gas stations, and now they're only sold in um, vape shops and online. Which, in my opinion, makes it even easier to get them because you can easily lie. You can go on the website because it asks right. you if you're 21 or over, and, and you, can, you can just click. You're not. I mean, you are 21, and you can still buy them. That yeah, way, so. because the FDA doesn't regulate it strictly, you don't have to provide a photo ID like you do um, with tobacco products because they don't know they don't know the long term effects of this. So mm-hmm. they're just kind of like, oh, then we can't regulate this if we don't know what it will do to people. Seems like it would have the same effect as smoking would. You would think with that, <laughs> all the nicotine. That would be my general <laughs> assumption. Definitely, yeah. And even though they pulled these fruit flavored and all sorts of flavored pods from shelves, other companies, other vaping companies have created dual compatible pods so you can get the same thing. It explodes. Yeah. This is so high tech. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I I knew that e-cigarettes existed because, I mean, I have friends that smoke them because you can smoke them in more places than you can just like regular cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't really know how high tech it was. Although theirs are not tiny. They have like... The these, bigger vapes. Yeah. They have really big ones. Yeah. The dual culture is crazy, man. Yeah, and uh, something else that I learned was that a lot of people litter them on campus. Like, I've never really noticed them yeah, until, the pods that until we were told that in our interview with um, Jackie Knight Wilt. She was like, yeah, a lot of students litter them. And then, like, that same night, Jenna and I went to um, a gas station because we wanted to do an interview with one of the owners. And we were walking in, and Jenna was like, wait, is that a jewel? And there was <laughs> one on the ground. <laughs> so, so we I guess they're really tiny packets. Yeah, so they're little, um, the pods are, like, about an inch in size that go in. And when people finish a pod, they throw them on the ground and now they're nice one and Jackie Knight Wilt actually made a great comparison that she was like it makes me wonder like do these people have a lack of care because they're doing this to their body but they're also littering yeah, along with it they're made out of plastic and yes <laughs> of course so how did y'all go about like finding people to interview and getting students were students really willing to talk to you about this or are they more reserved more than you would think because we we okay so we started on at five points just going around to bars and lines and asking people if they wanted to talk and only like a few would come out like at first but then once they started talking like other people started seeing what we were doing and we were like bar hopping in lines basically and so we went to one line and they were like hey those are the people making a documentary about cigarettes and so then they wanted to talk but then like we're like no but okay yeah. <laughs> But a lot of people wanted to jump in. Like, we had a lot of people try to jump in on interviews. Yeah, five points, it was a lot easier than... Well, we realized after doing the five points interview that this is only one population of campus. So Mm -hmm. um, we interviewed people, like, around Russell House, around the library, just to get other students' um, opinions. And that's a little harder, especially when you're coming with a camera, because students who are sitting by the teacoop fountain don't really want their video taken. So that was harder, but... We did it because we had we felt like that had to be balanced to give the students opinions about it. Yeah, we're, 
Yeah, and we also wanted to make another thing about the story. We wanted to make a big national issue, like very local. So that's why we talked to um, Jackie Knightwell from the Health Center. And that's also why we talked to um, Professor Jim Thrasher from the um, Public Health School, because he's been studying like tobacco policies for almost 20 years. So we wanted to talk to like local experts to make this as USC-centric as possible. Yeah. I think y'all did a great job of that. I really loved your article. I thought it was really interesting. If people want to go read your article, where they go? So, dailygamecock.com. It's there. There's a really cool video. You can see our interviews in Five Points, and it's awesome. And sign up for the newsletter to get more content like this. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, here you go. If y'all want to hear more about the Daily Gamecock stories, you can check out their website, um, and we... We'll hopefully be able to do more things like this. If yes. you really like this type of content, be sure to let us know on Facebook and Twitter by searching WUSE News. Time is running out. In just over 20 years, it is estimated that reticulated giraffe numbers have fallen from 36,000 to less than 9,000 today. But together, we can turn things around. Your support to the San Diego Zoo Global Wildlife Conservancy helps support efforts like Northern Rangelands Trust and Sarara Camp Sanctuary in Kenya, as well as our Giraffe Trackers Education Program, so we can keep our long-necked friends around a lot longer. Join us now at endextinction.org. You're still listening to Cockadrill News on WUSC FM NHD1 Columbia. According to the Free Times, Arcadia Lakes is the first inland town in South Carolina to ban single-use plastic bags at retail establishments. Styrofoam coolers, containers, and cups are also banned for retail use per the ordinance. Some South Carolina coastal communities have some form of plastic bag ban in place. However, Arcadia Lakes is the first inland establishment and their ordinance will go into effect on March 1st of 2020. Long ago, you wouldn't think of galloping on a horse while doing calligraphy, and you wouldn't have attempted to ride your bike while typing a letter, yet you think you can safely operate a multi-ton vehicle while texting? Behind the wheel is no place to multitask. If you want to BRB, drive now and text later. Lives depend on it. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. The state has reported that a new bill is in place that could put a price on coyotes' heads. Hunters in South Carolina could get up to $75 per coyote. According to Stephen Goldfish, a state senator, quote, The state's perspective is every coyote needs to be a dead coyote. Trap them, shoot them, kill them, however you want to get rid of them. We need to get rid of them. This is how we are going to go at war with the coyotes. They're eating our cats and our dogs our deer, and turkeys, end quote. Goldfinch proposed the bill and says he modeled the proposal off a 2013 Utah law that pays a $50 bounty for coyotes. GTG, BRB, OMW, be there in a few. You may think that these kinds of texts are fine because of their length, and you can easily send them at a stoplight. But no, answering one text can take your attention away from the road for five seconds. And traveling at 55 miles an hour, that's enough time to travel the length of a football field. Make good decisions. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Construction has started in Irmo on Stars and Strikes, a gaming and entertainment franchise. According to the state, the company combines theme park attractions, arcade games, bowling, 
laser tag, and a full-service restaurant. The Irma location will open on Lake Murray Boulevard by the end of the year. We'll be back with more right after this. There are only three northern white rhinos left in the world, but together we can turn things around. Your support to the San Diego Zoo Global Wildlife Conservancy helps support groundbreaking solutions. Join us now at endextinction.org. I'm Dr. Anthony Lazarus, and this is Climate Connections. For 150 years, the family-owned McElhenney Company has made Tabasco hot sauce on Avery Island in coastal Louisiana. It's the only place it's made. My great-great-grandfather started it in 1868, and we've been making it here ever since. Executive Vice President Harold Osborne says to ensure that legacy, the company must protect itself from climate change. Avery Island is essentially a hill surrounded by grassy marsh. Its elevation makes it less likely to end up underwater than other areas nearby. But flooding is still a concern at the Tabasco plant. When we had Hurricane Rita here in 2005, the water came right up to the edge of it. So that was too worrisome for us. So we built a levee that was 20 feet tall all the way around the facility. They're also preserving the island's natural buffer, the marsh. When a hurricane comes in, it hits that marsh first and it breaks the storm up so that the effects on Avery Island are much, much less. So one of our major things that we do here is marsh and habitat restoration. He says the island is an essential part of the company's history. For my family, it's very important that Avery Island is here and we do a lot of work to protect it. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. Learn more at YaleClimateConnections.org. You're listening to Cockadoodle News on WUSC FM and HD1 Columbia. Well, folks, we are almost out of time. So right before we leave, here are some new things happening at the University of South Carolina. Carolina After Dark is going to present Paint Night Friday Mardi Gras tonight from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. in Russell House Ballroom C. You can join Carolina After Dark in the Russell House Ballroom for a paint night to get your creative juices flowings for this Make It and Take It event. Lest we forget images of an African-American life and culture with special guest Cecil Williams will happen Saturday, February 16th from 2 to 3 p.m. in the Hollings Special Collections Library. Special guest Cecil Williams is the featured speaker for the February 16th open gallery from noon to 3 p.m. at the Hollings Library. At 2 p.m., Mr. Williams will give a presentation entitled, Lest We Forget, Images of African-American Life and Culture. The event is open to the public. An American photographer and writer, Mr. Williams is probably best known for his photography documenting the civil rights movement in South Carolina beginning in 1950. His work has been published in hundreds of books, newspapers, and television documentaries. His visit is part of the special programming for University of South Carolina's library new exhibit, Justice for All, South Carolina and the American Civil Rights Movement. If you'd like to check out more on-campus events, you can visit sc.edu backslash calendar. Well, we'll see y'all again on Monday from 6 to 6.30 p.m. or sooner on Facebook or Twitter. Remember, you can just search WUSC News to find us on social media. This has been Cockadoodle News on WUSC. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday 
from 6 to 6.30 p.m.